Leaping forward bionically. Truck jewels. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Geek Down. I am happy. In the house today, we have Shayna. And Rocco! Very happy to be here. Well, thank you. Very happy to have you, my friend. Thank you. And we are happy to have you, because we have an awesome, action-packed, fun-filled show for you today. We are talking about The Dark Crystal. <laughs> Creepy-ass movie from forever ago that now has a prequel series on Netflix. So we're talking about that in just a little bit. Also, Robbie Swifthand. It's a indie game. Came out on Switch recently. Also been on computers. Kind of a one of those platformers where you're just going to die hundreds of times and get very frustrated, but it's also going to be very fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're going to suffer, too. but you're going to like it. Yeah. All right, and also we're talking about Usagi Yojimbo. If anyone's not familiar with the character, this uh, is believed to be a side character from Ninja Turtles, but in actuality, this was an already existing character that was brought into the Ninja Turtles universe, who's had his own uh, ongoing comic line. We're talking about the latest version so we'll uh, give you the inside stuff on that. And then, whew, I know you've been waiting. Stephen King's It, part two. This is the follow-up to part one that came out. Well, <laughs> Stephen King's It, part two brings back the original kids from, uh, well, It, part one. Uh, now as adults to face the recurring threat of Pennywise the Clown. So we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But now, whew, dude, I am so excited. I mean, Casey over there is in the back. She's a full two messins to talk about this series that I hated as a kid. Dark Crystal was one of these really dark, epic stories. And yeah. now with this new TV series, that was one of the reasons why they had a hard time getting it made. Yeah. Like, this was originally intended to be a like one movie, a feature film. Yeah, they've been trying film. to do movies for I'm, I'm at least a decade from, yeah. from reading into it. And uh, this is kind of just what they ended up doing instead. Yeah. They, there, there was You could tell there was a lot of work. Because originally, the original idea was this was supposed to be animated. Mm. I but, can see that. But one of the um, producers was like, hey, how much would it cost to do this live action? And they were like, well, it'd be expensive, but it's very doable. That's <laughs> also why the studios were like, yeah, no. If it's Transformers, we'll pay that much. If it's not, And nine. Transformers is garbage. Yes, but they keep making more of them. And they're, I think they're really still, need to stop seeing those movies. They've still got more of them coming. Um, no, the, uh, the, well, no, no, the director of this, uh, was also the director of Clash of the Titans, mm -hmm. and he's the reason it, it eventually, like, he's the one who pushed so hard for it to get made, and then decided, hey, we can't get it made as a movie, let's make it a TV series, and stop going to these studios, and start going to some alternate avenues, which is how it ended up on Netflix. So now we get Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Which is a prequel, which I did not realize going in. I didn't either. I was extremely confused within the first few seconds. Like, the narration, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, didn't... Uh, I was like, didn't, didn't know, we fix all this in yeah. the movie? Yeah, so maybe there's the, different so that's tribes clearly, of Gelflings, that's my fault. the Skeksis are in to full effect. To be fair, we never met the other tribes of Gelflings before. I mean, there, there weren't anybody. I mean, I was under the assumption that, that they were all in dead. the movie, yeah, it's like there's literally nobody left. Well, in the movie, they so were. Yeah. The two. yeah. yeah. So it and they were two different tribe gelflings. Because yeah. mm -hmm. that's Hence, what I, but no, they never explained why they looked different. No, but that's the, that was the thing to me. Because when I realized, I'm like, oh, this is a prequel. I was like, well, we already know how this ends. What's the point? That's always the classic prequel problem. But then I'm very quickly realizing, oh yeah, there's like a whole world that we didn't really see because it was just gone. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that sold me right there. I was like, okay, cool. We'll actually get to see what this fantasy world that I'm assuming that Jim Henson and the other people involved in the movie probably had 
a clear idea of what it was like. Yeah, they had to was, well, taken the, notes and stuff. So I'm assuming they're using that as a reference. I don't really know. How oh many, yeah, dig this. Yeah. The inspiration for, or the inspiration and opportunity for this to be uh, changed from just a movie to a an actual like TV yeah. season um, was because the um, Henson and Frank Oz's notes right. were so extensive okay. for the backstory of the sequel they that exactly they, what they wanted to do with yeah but they had like intricate nuanced details like worked in so like very lord of the rings his team was doesn't. very spot on when it came to like like look at a show like um fraggle rock like mm. they made hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> All right, what you call it? they made this expansive um symbiotic universe um with these what four um races of being and, and yeah, sprocket old boy. That must have taken a lot of the planning and, and yeah, like because it's very intricate in how they all lean on each other and how they all coexist. So I mean, yeah. Well, I like that they showed all that. I also I brought up my phone real quick. I'm not being rude. It's like oh, she's still talking. <laughs> no, um, I wanted to emphasize the voice cast in this. Oh my gosh, so many things. This is like A-list stars all over the really? place. Yeah, which yeah. which was surprising. I only recognized one voice. Which was? Which is Mark Hamill. Oh, I can't hold it. Because it took me a little while, but I was like, oh, I, I definitely know who um, that is. One of, one of uh, the... Um, I thought it was, I thought it was Cobra Commander for a while. Yes, because he's, he's one of the birds and he sounds he's just like Cobra Commander. Yeah, he sounds like... Simon Pegg is in this? Really? Yeah. Simon yeah. Pegg? All right, let me break it down real quick. Hold up. Uh, the voices were uh, Taron Edgerton. He was the um, the main guy playing the, the, the male. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, Taron Edgerton from of uh, Kingsman, Kingsman yeah. fame and of lesser Kingsman: The Golden Circle. What you call it? Or Rocket Man? Because he recently played he was. Elton, Elton John. John. Correct. He sang those songs too. Yes. Oh, he's a very good singer. Mm -hmm. uh, Anya Taylor Joy, Natalie Emanuel, Simon Pegg, Mark Hamill. Uh, most <laughs> most people know Mark Hamill as either Luke Skywalker or the Joker. Or the Joker. Mark Hamill of Kingsman. <laughs> uh, Mark Hamill doing a variation of his Joker voice, actually. So That's that why I was cued in, because I was like, this kind of sounds like the Joker, but yeah. it also sounds like Cobra. And I think he actually... Well, I was like, is that Cobra Commander? It's like, he, no way, he's dead. I think he actually voiced Cobra <laughs> Commander on a robot chicken once. Oh. So that's why my brain was able to piece that it was him. I could see that. What do you call D is the... Um, Oh, what's her name from Game of Thrones that I played Masande? Mm. Oh, you're on your own there. I remember her name. She's also in Fast and Furious for some reason. Which yeah, one? Yeah, she was. The two most recent ones, I think. Not Hobbs and Shaw, but Game she was in uh, more recent. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. I don't know her name. I don't. I, I wasn't Game of Thrones cat, but I know exactly who you're talking about. She was the hat, the super hacker. She's a yeah. Yeah, she's the one in the in the two movies that actually doesn't drive cars. Yes. yes. In the Fast and the Furious yeah. franchise, what? Hey, Josh, hey. you believe this? She'll learn. He's speechless. I mean, yeah, maybe she'll come back to the franchise. She's not, she's not, she's not super, super busy. It must right? be hard. To actually, do. no, she actually is. She's getting lots of roles right now. She's People doing, a lot, she's doing a lot of her. stuff. But hold on, let me not gloss over yeah, one. Is there anyone else? Well, is, is there anyone else? Um, Andy Samberg, Helena yeah. Bonham Carter. But oh, wow. the one that really surprised me, I didn't realize he was actually such a good voice actor because he's done other voice acting gigs always just as himself. Is it Keegan Michael Key? Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> yeah, that dude's in everything. He really is, is, but it's just like he's actually very I didn't. Good at what he does. I, yeah, but you always pick him up and like, oh, that's Keegan Michael Key. I you guess it's the what? comedy role. He's he was plenty, not a, com yeah, a comic role. He's done plenty of voice hmm. acting that I didn't realize it was him until after the fact, mm -hmm. because it was you know he didn't do his 
normal no, voice. It's not like in Toy yeah. Story Four where it's just kind of him. Yeah, it was it was him and Jordan Peele yeah. bouncing off each other. That was oh, yeah. good, but this was very impressive. But occasionally, he does pull a voice mm. like for real, and it's like he was the Skeksis that had the long pole thing out of his head. He was the oh. was it Shaman, okay. or the, the holy man, the religious yeah. guy. They're that's interesting. Friar. It must be very hard to do voice acting for a puppet show. I don't know if they like recorded oh, the lines first okay. or, or whatever, but saw mm. a behind the scenes. It's kind thing of like for that. lip yeah. flaps, you know? Yeah, because what the actors essentially said is that the performance is already there. The performance is built by the puppeteers. Yeah. So what they have to do is match their voice to what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, that's got to be tricky. And they were like, "Yeah, it is," but <laughs> they all pretty much enjoyed yeah. the if you, if you're experience. A good voice actor, and you can I mean, do it. Yeah. all these people are either our age or older and so they're just like this is something they grew up with and something they grew up loving because it's Jim Henson and you could tell like everybody was just really on board mm. you could tell like as soon as someone asked them they were like yes yeah <laughs> it's not every day you get a call to voice puppets so it's like they're offering you a project they say hand you don't wait around for sun you just like yeah the check is signed yeah and considering the Jim Henson creature shop was involved and they did make these puppets yeah. so it's like they got the whole when a, um Lisa Henson one of Jim Henson's daughters is the one of the producers I, yeah I saw her name was on it yeah so it's Henson company I mean if it wasn't I don't this show wouldn't be made if there was no Jim Henson company I mean they could have but I don't think it would have been as good no maybe so but, let's, but let's but, talk about the show itself yeah. then because this is the story of Rain, one of the uh, several tribes of existing, living, well-populated, and robust-numbered like Gelflings. Not just the two. <laughs> Not just the two in the world, but one of the seven yeah. tribes? Yeah. Whole the society, seven yeah. tribes. And they each have a matriarch, and then there's a, advanced, and then there's a matriarch above all the matriarchs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was actually pretty interesting to see that they all they built an individual societal structure for each, and they're different. The matriarch, the, the, ma- the matriarch, that's like a constant across all of them. But each society operates in different ways. There's the ones that their entire existence is devoted to service of the Skeksis and guarding their castle. There's another one who lives underground, and their whole uh, subterranean society can't even see in the sun that well. It was a whole yeah, because uh, he has to wear yeah, um, um, she's got like a blindfold, blindfold that so she can, can, can wear during it. the day. Yeah, you know, it's like they really put a lot of thought into fleshing out this world. They have seafaring ones. They they do. They have seafaring ones they have sky fearing ones that because, fly over the desert because the ones that essentially um their thing is all about um like wood or um like metal work and yeah like, they they like it's so all it's like they got the ewoks <laughs> they got the they got the chuds you mean like those little the fuzzy chuds. dog things that were in the forest those were weird they were those they were, had those a lot of teeth I'm they're like, very round very fluffy and they have yeah. lot of teeth. I'm, like, I'm like okay in this in this like in this uh on this uh uh like dark fantasy world why they got pomeranians like like vicious pomeranian with two mouths. No, with, oh a, with a mouth it's in the like back if, of their mouth. If you mix the pomeranian with a critter. Yeah, critter. it's very much like. A yeah, that's that's. That's the most muppety. He's like that's accurate in it, Bobby. Yeah, and, and there's, there's about there's about fifteen percent tribble in there too. When you saw those distant shots and they just like scurrying across, those were tribbles. They, they ain't fool nobody. Yeah, but tribbles don't have legs. <laughs> tribbles get around. Yeah, but they don't have feet or legs. Although they'll mate until or, enough of them pop what, out that they can you know get across mouth. that bridge. No. <laughs> and they're born pregnant. It's all a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> Augur's still alive. 
back oh, then. Yeah. Okay, let's just talk about this. The show takes place a thousand years before the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, not a, a couple, a, a couple. Of, it's a thousand okay. years. I didn't know. Yeah. Idea. yeah. Well, you can't really the, tell. At the start of the movie, the Gelflings had been extinct for yes. a thousand years. Yeah. So now oh, the Gelflings yeah, are yeah. well prominent at the end of this. Sure. I'm not unclear how long they live either. Gelflings? Yeah. No freaking. They don't really tell you because there's some because mm-hmm. um her the female Gelfling. Why can't I think of her name right now? Bree. Uh, Bree. Um, no, Bria? from the movie. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. Like I the, just watched this. I, I remember um, Jen. He was the dude. But I don't, the I don't yeah, I can't remember the girl's name. But um, <laughs> she says she has a clear um. There's oh when they do the mind sharing thing. Dream fest. Yeah. yeah. Dream fest Very with the weird shame. scene. In the movie. It's but weird. Your hands are sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, she says she has a clear um, memory of her mom abandoning her um, yeah so, so she may so, be alive for that long so, so it's like okay so were there still pockets of Gelvins still alive at that point or do they just live that long mm. that it you know I kind of look at them as like fairy people kind so of, you, oh, you fair know, enough like fairies or elves or something yeah, yeah. And everything. like it's yeah, hard like, to say how long well, we know the Skeksis, at the very least, live indefinitely because their whole thing was um, extending their life. But they, they were lost sucking the life out of the Gelfling. Well, that's was the thing, though. They lost they that ability. Well, because well, <laughs> they're stupid. Because yeah. they're well, stupid. Well, that's because, well, this is showing how that happened. Yes. So, this, so how, so uh, I'm assuming the end game of the show is, what you call it, eventually the big battle that decisively... Puts Gets the, them the f out of yeah. That, well, no, puts them in the out of commission. Did you watch the movie again? Okay, I did. My voice is cracking. I'm going through. <laughs> I can. I didn't watch the movie again. Okay, watching the movie again. One was a mistake. I went back really? to watch to watch the movie just to refresh myself, and I had forgotten how like creep how creeped out I was by a lot of this. Um, including the Meyer Lurks. I'm, I'm a full-grown man, goddammit. Like and those. still those, those funny, friggin'... Mike. They're not called Meyer Lurks. I keep calling... They I, do look a lot yeah. like uh, yeah. Meyer Lurks. Yeah, yeah. Lurks are the, the big, other big the crab big creatures things. from the yeah. Fallout, Fallout series. Yeah. But that's what they look like, though. They do. They from do a know. distance, I, I'm like, yeah. oh, those are ticks. And then they came up close, and I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. those aren't ticks. They're Meyer Lurks with tick-like legs. Yeah. But um, they have that exact look, and the eyes... The, yeah, the freaking glowing eyes. eyes that bothers me to this day. I'm well, like, that is uh, ominous looking, especially from a distance. Like you yeah, see something like that it's... coming at you. That that's brown yeah. trouser time for anyone. Yes, and then um, I d- I subjected myself to that, and so much trauma came funny, flooding my, back. My husband loves that movie. It was oh, like one why? of his childhood mm. like favorite movies. Like for me, like I was a big like labyrinth fan. He was a huge Dark Crystal fan. Mm-hmm. So clearly, we like weird and twisted things. Yeah, but he also had like long hair and was like you know playing with like these crystal balls when you met him so i can't understand how the reaction okay wow um okay so as a dark crystal fan did he watch the show he did okay so what was his uh, reaction he liked it so far he hasn't finished it yet um but he kind of likes the like dark he likes the darkness and then you know like i think because it's kind of dark and creepy is why he kind of likes it mm. like the dark fairy tale aspect of it kind of speaks to him <laughs> i i i I watched the show. I actually did like this. Um, yeah, no, was... the, the the animation, the puppeteering, like, is and really limited. Yeah, you know, the puppeteering was like in a lot. In some of the same people worked long. on this that worked on Dark Crystal. Yeah, I saw Kevin's Cla- Kevin Clash's name pop up. A bunch yeah, of times. part of me was like, you still work for the Henson Company, but well, he had to wait for the stuff to die down. Notice well, how you they, notice yeah, they he's, they he's not Elmo anymore though. They got a new guy to 
actually I don't know if that person is a guy or they got they got they got a new person. Yeah, they I don't know if they because I couldn't tell. Like you, you can't I, tell by looking, and I've never heard them identify no, themselves either. Yeah, how, you, how you gonna tell by looking at the puppet? You no, can't. I'm talking about the <laughs> actor. How you gonna tell by looking at someone's hand? No, I've seen more the whole actor. They, a lot of these puppets, I'm messing with you. you know, they're gonna take more than one person to operate. That's the thing. He's really yeah. young well, though. Well, he, he used to yeah. do um, the puppeteering and the voice at the same time. Well, for Muppets, sure, but when you're talking about like Dark Crystal, and, oh yeah, I like, have Dark, to Dark assume. I, I mean, oh, that, no. that, that was one thing in rewatching the movie that I was yeah. very impressed by was all the puppet work and stuff. Because I mean, I'm not like a huge puppet fan, but you look at how man, DK... please, I'm looking at your shirt right now, <laughs> the puppet now. <laughs> look, my, you know, you have to look at how detailed and I, I have to assume fragile those puppets are and to be able to you know get any kind of decent oh, performance yeah. puppets w must have been no. these well, puppets i mean compared to like no a no puppet, no they, because of the, they have when they build them they have to build them in mind with what they're going to do with them uh, well sure so they have to be built out of materials that are yeah. durable enough to do whatever they need to do yeah and they and each character is going to have several different puppet versions for different yeah. things that they. i, need I just do. know i'd be very nervous about doing any it's, it's a lot of, late, any of there's them. a lot of latex foam involved yeah it's I'm sure, Ugh. but it was you know. So I appreciate that the movie. <laughs> I'm sure that's how they next got Next generation the... of Henson puppets made by the same guy who invented real yeah. dolls. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I have to assume oh, that's how they got the um the <laughs> Gelfling's faces to be so actually like skin yeah. textured well, because yeah, when they, they would close it's... up on them, they have like yeah. you can see like the granial parts of the skin, like where the um like where real creases would be. If it's it was funny you mentioned that because like <clears> that was stars. really. Yeah. The Gelflings, I think, were really the only puppets in the show where I was, I was like, not with it, um, honestly. There's an uncanny value. Yeah, because they're the most human-looking of but the they cast. They at the same time. Well, like, the problem I had, it was in the, the end of the first episode when, you know, he's watching what is happening to his, his girl. Mm. And, looks, and his face yeah. isn't so really... Little, but it, his face isn't really, like... It, he kind of almost looked like it was smiling. Like, the actual... <laughs> like, no, don't really. Like, like, yeah, get him! The, 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 the actual faces don't move much. You just have the basic, like, lip moving, but they can't well, obviously... We're still talking about puppets. I mean... No, I, I, I understand that. Do. I understand none of them made, like, an O I sound I, I understand that there's limitations, but I think that because, like in the in the movie, there's really only like one or two Gelflings, so it's not a huge deal. Whereas in this, there are so many more that like the you're getting almost all of the emotion from the voice, and it, it, it can be distracting. I think, Sometimes I think over time you just kind of get used to it. And I have trouble getting used to that sort of thing. Gotta... I can dig that. And um, parts of this were gross. So yes, well, I mean, yeah, yes. so much snot. Lots of gross also gotta details. remember how much FX work that the Henson company does in general. Yes, but <laughs> I mean, they're professional. Yeah, you know, tone, I... tone, tone, like tone it back. No, <laughs> they got to go all in. This is a passion project. Their, their, their thing, yeah. yeah, no, this definitely I, was. Their thing is definitely, yeah. like, like I, people not being able to see the strings. I can't help but wonder what Jim Henson would think about this just because this was, like, for him, it was He's a like, career why failure. are they covering my puppets in GAC? Well, no, actually, for him, the, it he felt like it was something, it was a passion project for him that people kind of rejected mostly yeah. and so I think yeah, part of me thinks he probably is somewhat happy that it's yeah. had this kind of life beyond him and that it could come back and there was an audience I for it yeah I think if Jim Henson was still around this actually might have happened sooner 
Maybe. Because especially with the rise of streaming and stuff. I mean, if, hey, maybe we would have got that sequel to Labyrinth they've been trying to do for I don't want to see well, a sequel. It's too late to do that time. now, in my opinion. I mean, without David Bowie. Yeah, David Bowie's dead. To be fair, Prince he'd have been dead. too old to play the character anyway. I, I feel know, like I mean, they'd. I feel like they'd have gotten Chris uh, Chris Tucker for the role, doing like a. Doing <laughs> he like already a, did Fifth Element. Yeah, doing like a Ruby Rod type thing. <laughs> I don't think he's like he's like. That's that's too that's too hacky. So, wait, you gonna tell me after going back and watching Dark Crystal that they would they would they would be above something yes. gaudy? <laughs> All right. Well, um, okay. So, what were your actual impressions like? Like, hate, good, bad? Because we all were impressed with the puppeteering. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. But I like story. I like the story. The story is interesting, even though you know, ultimately, they're going to fail. Yeah. Um, which is which is messed up because we 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 like the ending. Or but like, she, like the but ending. they do also succeed because because if they don't do this rebellion, if they don't fight back. Um, one, their quality of life is really gonna suck. Two, what you call it? It does. It's like they keep saying, "Is it? Is it an end or is it a beginning?" And it's both because, yeah, it may be an end for this section of life for them, but for the rest of the world, it's a beginning. And releasing the world of the Skessies control is a good thing. And because yeah, they're doing some jacked up stuff. Yeah, the Skeksis, its really dubious. Uh, it's 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 obfuscated heavily how they actually became into power. Because in the movie, they're just in power. It's like who oh, decided? I know. Well, 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 <laughs> it's like who decided that these these mothers? The Skeksis exist because the beings they were before decided they wanted to purge themselves of all imperfections. Yeah. But that just created two races of beings that were neither were in balance. And the whole point of healing the crystal and making it well again is to put those things back together. Yeah. Well, they also I also would have liked to have uh, seen in a prequel series, um, like the origin of that alien race. Yeah, because they the, they just kind of show up there one yeah, day. They, I don't know during the first yeah. convergence, the first time all the suns appear and line up. That's when they showed up. Yeah, I would have liked to see that in the story. We're talking prequels. Let's go all out. Well, because I think this is supposed to be specifically the Gelt thing story, but yeah. um, maybe, maybe down the line, maybe know. they will. That almost feels like that's so, supposed to be so far in the past. That yeah, it's like, like it's, it's you ancient. You don't really in. know what happened. <laughs> hey, yeah. man, you know, sometimes that that's setting them up for another prequel series. Oh, man. Like pre, pre uh, I want, Dark Crystal. I still want... I still want a Labyrinth series. Sorry, I just want one. Alright, well, Dark <laughs> Crystal, um, I, uh, Dark Crystal uh, Age of Resistance, I applaud the hell out of the voice acting. It was mm. spot on. Everyone was really well chosen for this. The puppeteering was dope. The CG was minimal and, like, ver not, like, in your face. I think they yeah. used it so Just damn. enough. Yeah, and you freaking hate the Skeksis. Well, and I they're thought awful. this is a yes, they are. <laughs> but I'm giving Labyrinth Age of Age of Labyrinth. Resistance. I'm ah. giving Labyrinth Dark uh, Crystal. Anyhow, I'm giving Dark Crystal Age of Resistance a thumbs up. Thank you for catching that. Yeah. Um, it was the story was actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, more so than I thought it was going to be. Honestly, I was kind of hating on Labyrinth for on. Uh -huh. <laughs> Come on. Was, hey, you did this. I blame you. I wasn't even thinking about Labyrinth before we got it. They in. came out so close together. Yeah. It's been like three years. Um, but Dark Crystal was never my favorite series. It was my favorite movie. And the series, I thought, was always like overhyped. But this was a damn entertaining show. Um, really well made. Really well acted. And 
if they did that prequel story of where the Skeksis and Mystics original form came from, I'd, I'd watch that. So thumbs up. I don't think it'd be a series. It'd be more a movie. Mm. I don't think there's enough to do yeah. a series. We're talking about Henson and like Oz. There's a book somewhere. Somewhere. But yeah. I think it worked better as a movie. <laughs> but no, I give a thumbs up too. It was, it was one of those things when you watch it, you could tell that everybody loved working on it. And everybody, there was so much care. And there's something to be said about a show or anything that there's this much care put into. Um, it was really well done. And it is a compelling story. So yeah, thumbs up for me. All right. I'm, I'm going to play uh, Devil's Advocate here a little as someone who didn't really watch this as a kid or whatever and say that, while I did enjoy it, uh, you know, especially just the nature of the production, doing it the way they did with the fusion of CGI and puppets, I, I will say that if you're not someone who is already a big fan of fantasy stuff, then I'm, I don't oh, know if you would like this because Game of Thrones is a show that I think appeals to more mainstream people it's a it's a, and it is a show that's very complicated but it's not as out there as well, this because it's not that fantastic that's what i mean like this, this this the world of dark crystal is much more fantastic and there's not really like the the human everyman character to ease you in so you have to be used to that sort of thing if you're not mm. used to that you might if you get horribly confused within the first 20 minutes you know, it might just not really be for you. But if you're someone who likes fantasy or you, you like you like shows with interesting world building, like as someone who runs Dungeons and Dragons for people every once in a while, you can definitely take ideas from this and get inspired. So I say with that caveat mm -hmm. that this is definitely more niche than I think some people might might think of it as. Oh no, I kinda expected uh, it to be niche. But that's me. Sure, but some people talk about these Netflix shows like everyone will watch it in the Which whole world. I think it's hilarious. And I don't see this as that kind of show. This but is I see everyone going to laugh like, at life like, afterlife. Like this is this is built off a cult classic, yes. and like it's yeah. a cult classic for a reason. Yeah, because if, it if, has. If a you if you're not into the Dark Crystal to begin with, this is gonna be a hard sell I think possibly yes. All right, so thumbs down. not a thumbs down I will give it a thumbs up with that caveat mm -hmm. because you know just, just, if, you're, if you're not just a fantasy say, lover you probably you probably won't I get anything else all right. well we yeah. all know I'm a fantasy lover I love fantasy. and if you don't like puppets you'll hate this so. oh I love puppets <laughs> you know. fantasy puppets alright so it's a Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Netflix show you can check it out if you're interested but basically thumbs up all around yes. even with caveat yes all right, so now I'm gonna kick it over to this man right here, getting his hate on. Mm. Let's talk about Robbie Swifthand. Robbie Swifthand and the Mysterious Orb. I think is the full title of the game. Uh, that does sound like a children's book. Yeah, Robbie Swifthand and the Mysterious Orb. I, I thought it was a sequel like a at first because of that title, and then I was like, oh no, it's not. But it, oh, okay. yeah, so Robbie Swifthand, which I was surprised when doing some research on this, is actually it was like a game that some guy made in 2010 it's like a free game that you can find online he just made a little game in game maker which is one of the most you know basic programs that people can use to uh make their own games i've used it and uh, i guess Wait, you made games what what you made you made your own games not games that are released it's uh, uh, but i've yes, spent no. time in game engines and you know learned how this stuff works it's, say, tune in next week when we rip apart no, all i don't have that i'm not no <laughs> we're gonna play all his games. not like that no right here right. on the show live. but yeah, so Robbie Swifthand was one of these games, and this new version that we have, almost 10 years later, it seems like the people who were behind that kind of just went back and redid it 
in a more up-to-date engine in 3D with all that stuff. And that's, that's a prospect that to me is always very iffy because I'm one of those people where I'm like, your first idea is not necessarily your your best idea. You know, at some Sometimes point you have to like you finish and then you move on and do something new. Yeah. So trying to take like a ten year old platformer that you made for free for fun and and spice it up is a little like uh, I don't know about this. But that said, I think that the game did come out uh, pretty entertaining, and I definitely enjoyed it. And the general premise of it is that it's kind of like a like a lot of platformers from. 10 years ago where you know they were really emphasizing the challenge of it you know the repeated deaths and that kind of thing yeah it's a little more puzzle. play super meat boy it's yes. hard as balls you can yeah this is around the time of yeah. super meat boy played it one time so <laughs> so in that regard it might seem a little dated just because this is kind of like a trend that was around 10 years ago but mm -hmm. the general premise is that robbie swift hand is like this hambler hamburglar looking guy and he's he's trapped in like some kind of ancient mayan temple and you know, like, like, like yeah. as you do. That's what hamburgers do. Yeah, and he's yeah. got to get out. Where else are gonna find the juiciest hamburgers? Yeah. So uh, the general premise for each stage <laughs> is that you, it's kind of like a puzzle because instead of just you can't just get to the end immediately. There's like a glowing circle somewhere in the level, and there's also a glowing orb that you have to find. You have to find the orb and throw it into the circle. Oh, it's like that chicken game. And that will open the door. Uh, and that's pretty much how every level operates. What chicken game? Yeah, what, what, <laughs> I'm sorry, I want to know. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> I want to know now. Chicken game, and I remember my little brother used to have it. Um, essentially, you what you call it? Some you have to fight these like Chickens? evil. No, that's a thing. You have to hatch. The whole point of the game is to hatch eggs, and the hatching the eggs helps give you powers. Throughout Billy the Hatcher game. and there the giant go. egg. That's oh my it. god! Wait, this is a thing. This you, is a game. See, he's like my brother's of. age, Bill so he, it would have been around Billy, when he yeah, was a Billy kid. Billy Hatcher and the giant egg is made by the people who made Sonic. Yeah. See? Sonic. Yes. Yep. You wait, have to wait. wear a chicken costume, and you get an egg, and you roll it all over the place, yeah. oh and then god. you have to hatch the egg. <laughs> this is a real. But game. you got like you have to take the egg and yeah. like put it places. Sometimes, sometimes it has to go on like certain little like cubbies or like these like circle situations you throw the egg through it's like a whole thing you know what i think i think most games are inspired by people getting really high on something and depending on what they get high on that's the that's the game that they make this just sounds like someone uh really had really had unfulfilled munchies Maybe, but yeah, no, you, wear, you play like, a little boy and I'm you gonna, wear a chicken suit. I'm thinking these or you could be right? one of his friends and, and also yeah, wear a chicken suit. Yeah, there were four of them. <laughs> you wearing a chicken suit in the game? Yeah, you wear a chicken yeah. suit. and you. Um, but you're not a chicken, you're wearing you're a chicken a suit. Yeah, you're a person It has, it has one of the most annoying suit. theme songs ever. I actually can still remember it right now. Do you remember the same thing? Uh, I want to ask you to sing it for us. No. But, okay, so you're wearing a drugs. All right, please continue. Yes. Yeah. So getting back to Billy Hatcher. No. No. Yeah, Robbie Swifthand, which is yeah. not affiliated with Billy Hatcher in any way. Um, yeah, it's not quite like Billy Hatcher because it's just an orb that he can hold in his hand. Well, yeah, he, he doesn't have to push it around. Um, but that's just basically how every level works. And then you factor in the fact that there's just death traps everywhere. There are so many things in these levels that are trying to kill you, whether there's like swinging pendulums or bear traps that you can't really see too well, or just like bricks that will selectively fall down on you when you when you this. go on the right. death traps. It's a platform it's, game. It's, that, does, that doesn't sound like a but thing. There are the, the amount of death traps per like cubic feet is pretty impressive. Okay, um, wait, is this on some like Mario Maker level? 
type. Oh, uh, Death I Stranding mean, it's, it's like, more responsible than a Mario Maker. Yeah, level. they like, don't they, give a they, crap they, they Mario Maker. They, you know, they tried. You ever try to so, play other people's levels? <laughs> yeah. Once. Mario Maker, it, it does have some of that, though, because, you know, when you die, your your ghost will just sit there. So, like, Aww. if you keep getting, if you get it's stuck on sad. a spot, you will just see this big pile of, like, glowing blue things. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's where I died, like, 20 times and all that. But it has that feel. So, you know, if you don't like those kinds of games where the trial and error is the biggest part, uh, you're probably not going to be interested in this. But I do like them every once in a while. And I think that they have this one has kind of a neat um, atmosphere to it as well. Like, it's it's nice, It's kind of, like, moody-looking, almost like it's, like, a Metroid game mm-hmm. at times. It kind of stops you from getting, like too annoyed because it doesn't it's not like super pompous sound effects and music all the time okay which so it's I not like, like metroid you're gonna create a whole cult around it no Multiple games but it's definitely it's got a nice atmosphere you do get upgrades that kind of remind me of metroid so that you know when you beat a world you you have a few new tricks that you can do mm-hmm. and things like that but you know if you like those kinds of games where you can't be on edge i mean you you have to be on edge all the time you can't rest Basically, when you're doing these Constant levels, vigilance. you have like bathroom break. No, like, no, I my gotta, friend. Well, you can take a bathroom break, but you can't. You can't <laughs> you just can't. put the controller down because I don't know. Maybe they have like a block that'll just eventually fall down and hit you or something. <laughs> I love the concept. You stand there trying to work out your next move. Yeah, you and randomly the game's like, "Hey, you taking too long?" Yeah, a brick on you. You head. can't always think. It's like you've gotta. You've gotta just observe what is happening and then time it all out mm-hmm. so that you can factor it in. There was one level I did where. There's this giant buzzsaw that's just following you the whole level. And it's just a very so it's very, very tight. You know, I could I could get to the end quickly, but I didn't have enough time to get the orb and throw it. Because it's like you have to do that while being chased by all this stuff. So you've got to really time everything out. And one thing that is also nice is that there are a lot like multiple paths and stuff in the world. So if you get stuck on a level, then usually you can kind of go back and do some other ones to go around it. You don't have to beat every single level. They do give you those choices. Okay, so there are some forgiving aspects to it. But yeah, I mean that's really like some of the only. There's no lives, obviously. Like you just die. It's a, it, it shows you on the screen how many times you've died, and then try again. Like, I, I, you know, I, I, you're not getting punished. I don't like the ones dying. where it tallies up because depending it, on the game. Oh yes. Playing playing. Yeah, playing N plus. Um, one of the yeah. one of the most interesting times I had was getting an achievement uh, trophy. Um, it's on the Xbox, but getting an achievement trophy and not really realizing what I'd done. Then I read the script. You've died two thousand times. <laughs> oh well, um, thank yeah. you for. Um, it's better than it's better than some of the achievements I got in Fable. So I'm not gonna talk about that. <laughs> I, I found yeah. an achievement I didn't even know you could get. <laughs> it's like cannon fodder. What's that? Oh no. All right, so Robbie Swift fan, it doesn't sound like this was a terrible time for you. No, I mean, it's a fun little thing, you know, it's not the most complicated game in the world, but if you just, you know, you got a few minutes to kill, and you just want to go through some quick platforming stuff, it's, you know, it's definitely a fun little thing. It's, you know, it's decent price and all that. You know, we've had, especially on my Switch, I've been pretty busy playing a lot of new releases between, like, Fire Emblem and Astral Chain and other stuff coming out. Right. But I'm still... Something pretty busy playing a lot of new releases, you know. No, I'm just saying between stuff like that where I'm like, oh, God, what do I play? I'm still occasionally, you know, I'm spending like 20, 30 minutes going and just doing a few levels in Robbie Swift hands. So, I mean, that really says something, I think. (laughs) All right, so what do you say? I'd definitely give it a thumbs up, you know? If you're you're looking for a new, very skill-based platformer, 
you know, if you love that kind of stuff, go for it. Alright, then what's available for? It's on Switch and Computer, I think. Uh, I don't know if there's plans for any other console releases. Alright. I'll just check with the developer on that one. Alright, so the game is Robbie Swift Hand, available now, um, sounds like for your PC and for your Nintendo Switch. Yep. And uh, apparently earns the rocks. See the whole Yes, it does. Alright. Now, Shane, I'm gonna kick it over to you. We're gonna talk just about. Before you Wait, hold on, hold on. Say, so you brought out Billy Hatcher. Yeah. And the and the, the giant, giant egg. egg. Hold I on, remember I this. Make sure, see if y'all can see this. Billy Hatcher. <laughs> and yes. this is the mess. Y'all are bringing. Yo, get this out. What are you? That was. Uh, two, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Early 2000s. For GameCube. And, oh, okay, I'm about to say this span like consoles too. No, it's early mm, 2000s. Yeah. Uh, classic Sega. You know. It even says like on the on the um cover by the makers of Sonic. By the all makers, they really, right they really wanted you. To know <laughs> well, of course, look at this dude. He's actually in a chicken, not even a full chicken suit. He got like a, the, the 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 fin hat from, uh, from Adventure Time yes. and yes, a little a little chicken comb. The rest he couldn't even he couldn't even pop for the whole suit. Not a feather on the mother. Yeah, right. How about there's a Billy Hatcher amiibo? Oh God! Right? Okay, that that's weird. Really Moving on. All right. Well, now we're gonna talk about Usagi Yojimbo. Oh, this is just going to turn into a 10-minute rant of why we never got a cartoon show because of Bucky O'Hare. Oh, you like Bucky O'Hare? <laughs> Bucky, Bucky liked Bucky, Bucky O'Hare. O'Hare. got the forehead, it got the, the four, four arm duck. The theme song was fine. I liked the theme song. The show was boring. It wasn't really that interesting. Blasphemy. I don't actually remember the show. Yeah, exactly. I remember, you I, don't I, remember the show. I remember the damn theme song, though. The theme song was mu- much like Thundercats. The theme song was way better than the actual show. Uh, that's true. I got hoisted by my own petard there. You can't, you can't really get much better than the theme songs back in the day. And then you watch the shows right. and you're like, oh. Like all the budget went on the opening sequence and yeah. none on the show. Yeah, it's like the show promised a lot more than it delivered. You know what I got? Those were lies. Right. You, you, you go from a theme song that clearly a couple hundred thousand dollars were probably spent on the animation. And you got a show that's like was made for like ten dollars an episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all went to um, James Lipton's beard rinse. All right, but now we're talking about Usagi Yojimbo, a character that was made popular by his appearances in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, comic series, and then later on, very brief appearances. I mean, very brief, like an episode, I think. Yeah. Uh, in the cartoon series, but it's not a Ninja Turtles character. Usagi Yojimbo. It's like from outer space or something, and they or from another dimension. I think it's another dimension. Yeah. Uh, but don't quote me on or that. Another I'm, planet. Well, so, one, one comic Reddit, wasn't like, he like back. completely from a different planet? Yeah. When they rebooted the um, comic, like I can't remember. Like, How many reboots have there been? Because this was Volume Four, but of like yeah, several so. different volumes of Volume One, Two, Three, Four. Yeah. yeah. But but more to the point. We were supposed to get an Usagi Ojimbo freaking TV show way back because because of his appearances on um, Ninja Turtles and but around the same time Bucky O'Hare came out and they were like oh because this one was supposed to take also take place in space and they were like oh we're gonna have Samurais in space but like oh well we have Bucky O'Hare people might confuse them and they might be too similar and so they passed on the show oh, and I was like well Bucky O'Hare was not that good Yeah. and we could have gotten Osagi Jimbo show Osagi had swords though I mean come on now yeah, Samurai in space you, you, you can't go wrong with that in my yeah. opinion yeah, <laughs> think like Kung Fu but only in space with rabbits I'd watch it with rabbits <laughs> <laughs> alright so tell us we, we, we got into Usagi Yojimbo Volume four. Tell yes. us what the what's going on. So in volume four, Usagi's just chilling in this village watching a puppet show. 
you know, like, yeah, like you do. <laughs> you know, because we've all been watching puppets this week. It's good. It's a puppet themed show. Yeah, it's meta. Um, we are actually puppets. Let me show you the dude back now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to talk about where that pup guy's hand is right now. Hey, 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 you mind the business. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, he, what you call it, comes across a friend of his that shows up in town and essentially who's a demon slayer. And so. They are looking for a fervent evil in the town mm. that is sucking the life out of people. That's pretty much it. That is pretty much it. The thing about Yusagi Ojimbo's story is that if you're unfamiliar with the franchise, uh, the character in general, what you don't know is they take these like serious, dark, samurai story premises that you may see in those old movies and animate them like these fun cartoons with like animals and such. Yep. You know, so I mean, it also makes them a lot more easy to process and you get what could be some really good stories that you'd never come across when you were like, you know, 10 because yeah. I, was, you know, I wasn't allowed to see like these dark, vicious, demonic stories. Yeah, yeah, your, your mom let you watch Dark Crystal. So. No, no, she, she, I, I didn't, it's not about what she let me watch. Oh, okay, it's what yeah. you watched. It's like, yo, I was a rebel as a I kid. I bet she showed, I, snuck out I bet she did show you Crystal. Brave Little Poster though. That that was that that wasn't her fault. That was that was that was the school. Like okay, it's raining outside. They wheel in that big ass TV. Yeah. You know, one day we gotta do a show and traumatize the class. We should one day we really gotta do a show about childhood trauma. We are we? We can do that. We got enough material. But Usagi Ojimbo, a lot like I've I've equated tales like Adventure Time. You know, where it's like they have these worlds that are dealing with subject matter that would be far too adult for kids. Except for the way they present them. The way they present them is the anime, the, it's like cutesy and they well, seem to come at it from a lighthearted approach. I think approach. it's also because the subjects aren't too adult. The thing is that these are things that everybody has to deal with at some point and some people do deal with some of these things as children. Yeah, at some point kids, you will deal with a family member being possessed by an adult, uh, by, by an adult, by, by, by a demon. demon. So you may have to I exercise mean, someone. I'm just saying, be prepared. Nana might be... I mean, emotional things, but sure, let's go with that. Um... <laughs> All right, well, in this Usagi Ojimbo, uh, in the comic, what was your impression? This was a quick read. It was, it was. Um, my impression was that it was a quick, snappy story, and I actually started to look at some of the volumes that came previous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because they were available, and I was like, hey, why not? Yeah. Um, and I actually liked the character of Usagi Ojimbo, like, I like the wandering, I like the wandering samurai cho- trope yeah. that's making the world better one village at a time. That's kind of a thing. <laughs> it's no um, secret that he's named Yojimbo. The story of Yojimbo, well, not the original Yojimbo, but the story of Yojimbo in fiction, yeah. is of that wandering samurai. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't really have a home. I just go from place to place. Where I need it. With adventures, yeah, and that's become a really popular one over time. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm a huge fan, like, I'm a huge fan of Aroni Kinshin, like, that was my <laughs> yeah. stuff back in the day. Yeah. Samurai Jack. I mean, Samurai Jack. Afro you know. Samurai. Afro yes, Samurai. Afro Samurai. Yeah, if you don't want it, the extra gory. Um, no, I like, uh... Well, because uh, Samuel Jackson does the voice, I mean... Yeah. I can go wrong with that. <laughs> uh, Kino's Journey is one that I call out that not a lot of people know of, and it's, um, not just the story of the wandering lone, quote-unquote, Samurai. Mm. You know, um, like Gun for Hire, but also the in it's a limited series, and they tie all the other most of the other episodes together. Mm. So it's like it's really cool the way just to the way you see um, it's not necessarily Kino affecting uh, the society, but Kino's effect on society, society. Uh, affecting the overall world. 
and it's like Kino goes to one city where everyone's reading this long book, like their version of the Bible, mm -hmm. and nothing makes sense. But they've got their entire society has been devoted to interpreting, you know, what this means and how it's telling us to live. And then Kino goes to another city that has uh, the, all the all the residents are like depressed because they're a long time ago their um, their king went crazy because his love uh, his lover um, was killed. So, you know, he just started ranting one day and raving and such, but he was still their beloved king before that. He was like a really great king. Mm -hmm. So, um, they still followed his teaching and tried to, and tried, they followed his teachings up until he went nuts and then tried to make him like as comfortable and accommodate him for the rest of his life. And then when he died or when he got close to death, uh, his children uh, made it their point to the fact that he kept saying the same things over and over again to document everything that he said and write those down in a book that another one uh, carried to another village and this was a book that was sold and then eventually made its way back to the first city where this ranting and raving of the crazy king was the bible that they were uh, like trying to interpret it and build their entire life around like that whole story is really interesting and Usagi Ojimbo takes that and adds talking rabbits and foxes yes <laughs> yes like yeah that was and it was fun like I gotta admit like mild spoiler warning just mild um w w the antagonist turns out to be evil demon puppets and i'm not gonna go i, I won't say how they beat him because that's you know part of thing but like the fact that what they fight is evil demon puppets like in real life, I realized that would be horrifying. But because they're a rabbit and a fox, and it's mostly, it's essentially a cartoon, it's not so much, which I say about a lot of shows I realize in real life, I'm like, man, this show would be horrifying if it wasn't for the cartooniness of the show. They know what they do. Yeah. No, I got the same impression. It's just like everything else would be like extremely horrible. If it wasn't presented so damn cutesy, yeah, and no. that doesn't make it hard to oh take gosh. seriously, which would be like the fine which, line you think they'd which be walking. Which is funny if you go back and to like the first volume of this line, which I did, mm -hmm. it's drawn even cutesier. Really? Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, he saw he's all like Osagi's still all round and fluffy, but like his ears all still all perfect and all round at the tips because he's he's supposed to be younger too so he's younger and Wait, not a younger? samurai Did they go straight up with babies with this no like <laughs> old enough to have gone samurai. off to train to be a samurai but um okay. not like a baby but um yeah but he was just like really fluff yeah. he was just really his face like really round and you, you could just tell like he's not world weary yet fresh-faced young grizzled bunny rat. i will yeah. finish you samurai ha yeah, he's not, yeah. evil demon back to hell Ugh. And I was just like, like oh, stand, look stand, how cute stand, this stand, is drawn. And it's, 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 I swear to God, it's like, ten, it's like two times cuter than the one you looked at. And it's, it's super cute. And I was just like, wow, this is, but he's training to be a samurai. And his master's like smacking upside the head with a bamboo stick. And well, I mean, yeah, you got to learn. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking, <laughs> and all I can think of is like those training montages from like anime or like a Kung Fu movie. Yeah. Something. And I'm just yeah. like. But only super kawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what sucks is there's really not that much to say about it. It's a very straightforward story. It's a very short read, but, yeah. you know, it's just whether or not it was a good time or a bad time. This is something you could actually finish on a long subway ride. Yeah. And you know what? I It would be enjoy an enjoyable subway ride because it's an entertaining story that it 
it's serious but doesn't take itself too seriously not at all um it's also not like pandering to specific audiences or trying to be it's not a lampoon yeah. they're actually telling you a story it's just they're they're presenting it in their own very specific style you know what i appreciate that and i like the story it was fun freaking yeah, puppets dude yeah like demonic puppets how like, can you go wrong when the teeth came out and it was like, ah, I was like oh, yeah she was like ah it was <laughs> Um, well, anyway, I'm giving this a thumbs up. This was yeah, just, it was just it was just fun. It was fun. <laughs> I mean, I like when comics are just fun and, for yeah, the sake of being fun. There's no other nice. agenda. They're not trying to sell you action figures. They're just telling you a story about this samurai who goes from place to place and fights demonic puppets. Well, it's not always demonic puppets. It's not always demonic puppets, but because his boy is a demon hunter specifically who talks to a what you call it an astral what a lion like an, an astral something? projected. Yeah, what I want to know is his whole thing was look, you're near death. Like, but I need you to travel several hundred miles. Like, look, you can project everywhere. Why don't you just go there, <laughs> you know, and then come back and tell me what happened? Because, I mean, no, no, you, no. you got, you got, Get you got. You going. But apparently he can also suck life worse. So it's like. Yo, help me help you. Come on now. It's, it's what it is. All right. So what? So, yeah, I give a thumbs up on if you, I mean, you know what? I, this is a pretty general read. I think anybody could watch, could um, read it and get some entertainment out of it. Um, if you like Osagi from seeing them on Ninja Turtles, there are no Ninja Turtles here. But <laughs> Osagi is here. And if you like Osagi from Sailor Moon, different Osagi. Both still mean rabbit. Yes. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah, no, it means moon rabbit specifically, I think. Osagi moon? <laughs> No, like, Usagi, I think, means moon rabbit. Ah, well, learned something today. All right, so the comic is Usagi Yojimbo. We read specifically volume four. Uh, issue one through four are out now, if you want to check it out, at your local comic shop or, you know, any uh, digital comic reader, yep. um, distributor. Uh, dude, I recommend checking it out. She recommends checking it out. Yep. We the geek down, recommend checking it out. <laughs> All right, but now... I know Rocco over there has been waiting. Oh, Zen like patient. This man wants to know all about Stephen King's It's Part 2. This is the follow up to Part 1, as we mentioned, starring the same group of kids, but now after beating the holy hell out of that clown and living their lives for approximately 27 years. Yes. Yes, now they've been called back because the clown is back. And they've got. It. Why does it fall on them? I'm like, yo, don't you have like soldiers, people because with guns? Because they're the only people who have remember. dealt with them before, who've actually tried. Yeah, but I'm like, y'all are adults now too. Why don't y'all, you know, I mean, load up on some armaments, go back with some samurai swords, you know, with some with some I, with some mean, brass you, knuckles, you want, go back want, with a couple of handguns. I mean, did they not beat it with like bats in the? First they beat it with they beat it with uh, with uh, with skateboards, and this dude had uh, one of those things to uh, to kill cows. Well, I mean, like, like a bolt air, gun. It's like that air compression. Yeah, I, I don't know what the is that. What I don't know what a they're called. Gun. It's like a vortex gun or something. I've well, heard yeah. a couple names for them. Yeah, it's used to euthanize. Yeah. Uh, it like just beef. it's just the air pressure. You can use it to like destroy locks and stuff. Mm. Like, Have you ever seen? Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> no uh, country for old men. Thank you. So Anton yeah. Segura is going up against uh, Pennywise the clown. Basically, that, would, I, be, I would, that would be amazing. I'd love to see that fight actually. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Hey, clown. It's none of your damn business what I'm afraid of, you know. Yeah, like like Predator, have the action heroes fight Pennywise. Dude, that'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. That'd be dope. Oh, because that's not what happens in this movie. That is yeah, not what not happens happens. in this movie. In this movie, our same here, our same group of kids, Richie and um, oh, played by uh, the adult Richie, played by uh, Bill Hader, 
who was actually a, a fan of Wolfhard's, um, was, it was his request that Bill Hader play the adult him. I mean, it was a good casting. Oh, it was great casting. And Bill Hader was probably one of the um, better of the adult actors. He was probably the standout. Absolutely. I'm actually very impressed with his acting ability because uh, he can be funny. Yeah, it seems but like he was he's, actually... he's on that other show I haven't seen. I can't remember what it's called, but like Bill Hader's getting some serious actor cred these yeah, days like... uh, from what I've heard from people. He's doing big things. So. All right, so Shane, I want to tell us your, imp- your impressions of Stephen King's it's. I feel like you're laughing so <laughs> much on the inside because Pat saw the movie with me. <laughs> There's so much mocking. I don't know what you're talking about? Because so I'm not much like of me. a horror. Like I don't actually do well with horror movies, so this is why. Because I did legit scream in the movie you theater, and that's why like he's this. laughing at me. Literally like this. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's what they're trying to be. Do, that right? is what they're trying right? to be. Right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I don't actually find joy in being scared. That's fair. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite part is when. In both the movie and well, like your reaction was when the old woman comes out, and in this is something they released this this uh, this scene earlier as a yeah, teaser trailer. As a tre- yeah, and you watch as one of the one of the um, kids returns to the town, and now she's an adult. She goes back mm, to Jessica her old apartment. Chastain. Yes, mm. just played by Jessica Chastain. She uh, meets the woman that lives there now, and they're having tea and this weird conversation, and then the and woman disappears, and then when she comes back, she's like demonic. But she's like regular size, crazy person coming at her. And that was the teaser they released. And they're like, oh, okay, I got to see this. In the movie, it is like so much worse. It's so much worse. Why they does got, she... What is animation. it with Stephen King movies? She was giant. Why, why, why in Stephen King, King movies does there have to be a naked, scary lady? Why? Explain uh, the <laughs> naked, scary lady. Is, is that a specific Stephen King? It's shiny. Well, uh, it was a lot of horror movies are just creepy, naked people, though. What, name one other that has this creepy naked old lady coming Nine at you. Nine and a half weeks. That's not a scary movie. <laughs> uh, I was going to say hereditary, but that was a little bit. Hereditary was. I mean, that's that's hereditary. like my kind of horror movie. Like, the stuff that where you get startled all the time is not really my yeah, thing. Are, yeah. I'm more into just like. Hereditary is just the old people that are naked in general. There I want to so just get upset. so many jump scares you know? <laughs> in this movie. I, I'm not yeah. a jump scare person. I can't tell you how many times we're watching this tonight. I, I just keep hearing from the next scene. No, 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 no. <laughs> like okay i'm done i'm done it's like no you gotta watch the whole movie you gotta read no no oh good time um it does rely a lot on the jump scares though that's oh one thing that and i'm easily startled yeah but did you have a bad time no 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 it, it was a good movie and i did i didn't and there were some legit funny moments there were some there was some um, uh, and not, not mostly from comedy, bill Hader. yeah bill Hader was just perfect for that role because he was exactly who i'd be in this situation just like nah Screw this! I'm out. Yeah, no, just get in the car and leave. <laughs> his his lines specifically that made us laugh uh, were specific were directly addressing that were directly uh, uh, establishing his relationship with uh, another one of the characters. With Eddie. Eddie. Was it Eddie? Oh well, with Eddie. Yes, thank you. Um, and that becomes a poignant part of the story. And I was kind of thinking that they'd gloss over that because the first it seemed to be more about like, oh, Pennywise is evil and the kids got to do things and we're gonna everything's gonna hit you hard. Mm. And the relationships in between, like amongst them, seem to kind of waver. And in this, no, I really got these dudes. Yeah, they've got like a, a real frenemy relationship going on, but they're yeah. actually tight. You know, yeah, and, and they also gave like hints of something else about that relationship, especially on Richie's 
end. Yes, they did, and they don't. I'm glad they don't. They, don't, they, don't, they never already said. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they didn't because it would have felt like they were trying to harp on a different point. And I feel like that yeah. would have taken away from the horror aspects of it. I also realized that the 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 hate crime victim at the beginning of the um appears to Richie. Yeah. Specifically, and I'm like, oh. Oh, I caught that like right away. I, I, was, I, like, I was like, oh yeah, they're saying something without saying something, something. here. A lot, yeah. like, yeah, Richie, like a lot. And but, I am a little upset that because Pennywise wasn't just killing those kids in this. They showed Pennywise take innocent victims too. Well, okay. not that they weren't innocent, but Pennywise, Pennywise take like other people. He's not just targeting these few no, no, kids like, in the story. He's actually a threat to the whole town. I think which the I thing liked. is, is that the Losers Club is a threat to him, and he goes out of his way to torment them, and he wants them because they're essentially prey that got away. Yeah. Um, no, what I meant is uh, Pennywise is um, like this. It's it's a story. He's still yeah consuming his And even though they're the focus amount. of the story, yes, exactly. He, but it's not just in the story. He only goes after them because they're the focus of the story. Yeah. It's no, he's getting people in the town as well. We're not limited to just these cats. So yeah, if we they, got tired of the main cast, that cycle would have happened regardless. And they kind of insinuated themselves into it. Yes, yeah, and I like that. That that it's because it's something that's not really done in movies where it's like, oh, we got this huge global threat, yeah. but we're the only ones you see ever. It's like, no, he's yeah. he's he's the, only a threat to dairy, and, and he's he's attacking these children. That one little kid in the in the in the. And the, the the girl that goes under the bleachers, yeah, there that poor child was like, I you see ne- how he lures them in. Yeah, I didn't never fail for that as a child. Like, well, I mean, I thought he played. Stranger it. danger he, was real. He he played it well, where it's <laughs> like her, her parents didn't have that conversation, and now she's there. And being, being but sucker. also, you got to remember that the adults in Derry are affected by its influence. That's why they don't seem to be as bothered by yeah, all the missing children as they should be. Yeah, he's like a. Because yeah. they said in the first thing. movie that. It's like six times the nat- national average for the disappearance of children mm. in that town. Mm. I can, like, and you'd think why. that people would be more concerned about that, but they're not. <laughs> bad parenting, yeah. Um, dude, I, I, I mean, I, they I, all kind of are bad parents. I was going to ask, because I read... With the exception of Bill's father, I think Bill's father was like closest to being a decent parent. Maybe. Because you can well, see he was visibly see? affected by George okay. Eve's yeah. disappearance. Yeah, he also paid the frick attention to his two kids. It's just when he asked his uh, his oldest son to babysit that he, you know, well, messed up. I was, I was going to ask, how long was this movie? Because I heard it was like three hours. It, it almost. So it was, it was, it was. Like pushing. two and a half-ish. Yeah, okay. it wasn't three hours, okay. but it was, you, you felt the length. After, well, actually, no, you didn't feel the length. No, you I was. You walked out of there thinking right. like, oh, like, am I going to oh. have to pee through this whole thing or whatnot or what's going on? It was actually... Um, we walked out surprised at how long yeah. we've been in there. Like I, okay. I think there are certain moments in the movie that drag a little bit, but because most of the surrounding scenes don't, yeah, it's, it still worked for the. Land. Yeah, and and to be fair, you are the child child actors are definitely more compelling than the adult actors. Really? Funny enough, even though the uh, most of them are seasoned actors. Yeah, you got like James McAvoy. Yeah, James Jessica Chastain. Ch- 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 like, yeah. Isaiah Mustafa. The Old, old spice, spice guy. The old Spice Man, who I thought was the weakest in this and so disappointed. Though, you can also tell, though, that they hired the children actors first and based their adult versions on them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, was a good move. Um, I mean, I I could see the slight resemblances in, the, in some of the faces. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I didn't even it. think about it. I thought about this later, but the guy who plays Eddie and the guy who plays Child Eddie. Yeah. Yo, they look a lot alike. Yes, they do. Yes, I didn't do. notice it right away until I saw them side by side um, watching an interview of them later and I was like wow you actually do look a lot alike like you could be related like that's how much you look alike mm-hmm. and 
every scene with Eddie. I thought it couldn't get grosser than when he turns at the house in the first in part one, and then that leper is just in his face, and oh, you see like but the it snot. Got worse now. And so many things going in oh, that poor I could guy's not, mouth. I could not look at that. So many things like, in, that, oh, in that poor man's mouth. Oh no, it's gross! Just, it's gross! Yeah, I don't do gross out stuff that well either. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, Every one of those especially scenes. when it's like body fluids. I don't like body. Oh, I don't like it depends uh, on the depends on the fluid. Convincing it is. No, it doesn't. It was. Yeah, no, the, the, the scares in this, it wasn't all just jump scares. Like, some no. of the stuff was actually, like, legit horrifying. And even just if it started off with a jump scare, when then they show you that longer shot, the Paul Bunyan statue. Oh, yeah, that was the, that was my scream moment. That, yeah. Because I was, one, because it was out of frame completely, and then all of a sudden they turned it. It's like, ah! And I was like, oh, no. Yes. And also, then it's like, oh, well, it's creepy. Because it things be that like one that actually, Then they hold on it. Because those kind of statues and whatnot actually do scare me in real life. The the big <laughs> yeah, they're creepy. So they can it was, be. It was a smiling thing a minute ago. I was no. just in New York. It's freaking Jebediah Springfield. Just, I was no. just in New York City, no. and we were walking by the neighborhood, and this they were just in somebody's driveway. It was like a giant sized Alvin and the Chipmunk from the movie, mm. and it was like sun bleached, like it had been in the sun for like ten years, and it was oh, like, it, and I'm just like, yeah. if this was night, this would be the creepiest. That's yeah, amazing. See, 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 so, see how these kind of things it, are terrifying. It, it, no, I get it. Every, every time I'm in the financial district and I see that bull statue, yo, the balls are just like there, and it, oh god, oh. what's happening? What's wrong? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I dug how they went out of their way to make sure it's not just jump scares in this. They actually established the creepy atmosphere. When you actually see the people in peril and it, and it's ongoing, you felt the danger escalating. And it wasn't just like they rely on that initial scare and then that's all they had. Mm -hmm. Like whole, fixating on these things. Yeah. And the ones that you can't see but you know are there, like the one dude in um, uh, below the pharmacy, that um, he was when he was just like in like a shower curtain or something and doing like the Harlem shake under there. Yeah, you know, see, just I'd have uh, been gone. And it's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stuck around now. You want to go? No, leave, run. And essentially, I was that black person in theater going, No, run, <laughs> don't leave, don't go down Shana there. We'll put a noose to the breeze there, dude. I enjoyed this so much, and I, I, I thought I didn't think they could still carry uh, the same juice that they did from uh, uh, it part one. Because It Part 1, I thought was really good, was probably better than it deserved to be. And with It Part 2, with the exception of the ending, which I thought was cheap. Which I realized that was the other thing I was trying to remember when we were going out the thing. Mm -hmm. The ending is almost entirely different than from the um, the original miniseries and the book. Well, okay, just uh, break it down for us. I mean, spoilers? Um, well, I mean, in the original. Within reason. They just kind of... Um, like, that bike comes into bigger play. Okay. Um what you call it, Beverly's abusive husband, um, Bill's um, wife, also come into play, because they actually do show up in Derry, both of them. Oh, okay. I remember the bike in the miniseries. Yeah, that's actually how the book ends, too. Okay, all right. Because, yeah, the bike was a joke. <laughs> the bike was a joke. All right, but yes. Again, why it would have made more sense if they kept the timeline than what it was. No, no, book. you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, there's right certain, there. like, cultural touchstones that were part of the story yeah. that don't work now that you've moved it in yeah, time. Yeah, I, I was very curious this about does, that. This does take yeah. place in, was it 2017? Y so no, it's, well, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Because <laughs> it, when they're children, it takes place in the 80s, but in the book, it was more like the 50s, It was 50s 60s. to 80s, and they kind of just tried to bump it up to yeah. what it would be now. Whatever it would be sense. 27 years later. Like. Okay, yeah, so like 1992. Yeah, so... One of, but that's the thing, though, because one of the kids is riding a Huffy, and the one next to him is riding like a, a, a 1950s... Uh, yeah, that yeah. silver bullet... Um, yeah, bullet rusty, bike. crusty, dusty-ass bike. This that, dude, Nana Wayne, that was um, so hard by his boys there. It was, like, again, the made more sense in the original story because it was the 50s, yeah. or at least the um early 60s, somewhere in that time. And right? I can justify some of that, too. Like, why is it more modern? Why does nobody have a Nintendo? Because it's New Hampshire. So, yeah, no, that's the other thing. That. Small towns sometimes Oh, wait, Derry, Maine or New Hampshire? Derry, Maine. Maine. Okay, well, you, you, All, see, it's, it's Stephen King. King. It's gotta be Maine. Yeah. 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 He's single-handed. Uh, we did, we did have a cameo. Yes, I, I almost did. missed it he until did? you pointed it out. Wow. I almost missed it until you pointed it out, and then I'm like, oh yeah, that is him. And he still looks like a Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I told him it's because Stephen King has an upper lip. He looks like... He's, he looks like he a, he does looks like, have a very interesting... He looks like yeah. a Dr. Seuss figure, man. It's, a, like, it's he, like a... Because he has no upper lip. I keep telling you, no yeah. upper lip is what makes his face look weird. If he had a lip yeah. up here... I hope it's not... It would look like a complete face. Because I hope he doesn't there's have no like a upper lip. It's just so, straight. Well, then... <laughs> he wasn't that really bad car accident. I hope he didn't have, like, a scar or something. I mean, possibly, but I don't... I think he had more it's like, like Mr. 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 King. I'm sorry, but I don't know. I don't to know save your life, we had to remove your lips. Yeah, that, sure. <laughs> he never, you know, he never had lips. <laughs> they, they weren't there. They thought something was like, wrong with him. He is like the more. whitest white dude for me, and so yeah. he has no lips. That's which is fair. which is a hard. I mean, that's an accomplishment. You know, I mean, and he just sits there writing constantly about and, people. And in now Maine, we all have to and, just and, deal with all. And his, the writer is the, usually the hero. Uh, we 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 well the shining I don't know oh except for the shining <laughs> except well, for the to shining. be fair to be fair though in the shining in the book yeah, yeah like but. Jack was a way more sympathetic character in the book than he was in the movie Kubrick made some serious yes. creative so, so you're saying that in 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 the book it was more like that uh that recut where it's like. No, Jack is just a struggling dad trying to make money for his family. Actually, yeah. Dun, 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 Actually, yeah. Because well. he wrote that book to get when he was trying to. Um, it was cathartic for him because he was trying to get um, past his drinking addiction because yeah. Stephen King's alcoholic. Um, so he was trying to kick his alcohol addiction, and he wrote The Shining during that. So Jack's like transformations in the, have a lot to do with how he felt. And you know, thinks he wanted it for himself. You know what? I am Jack's total lack of surprise. <laughs> All right. So what it comes down to is, you know, Stephen King's It Part Two. It definitely carries, definitely carries uh, as a good follow-up to Part One. I really enjoyed this. I didn't expect to hate it, but I don't think I expected to like it even days later as much as I still do now. Um, there are some things I would have liked to have seen them do different, mainly the ending. And not that it was bad. I mean, we all know it had... It's based off a book. We know how it ends in general. Yeah. But I think the acting and the way that approach, like, uh, some different actors could have made that really work. And I think just because of the ones they had, um, it, it didn't. But besides that, I mean, I, I had a great time watching this. I had a great time laughing at you. I, I enjoyed myself. He's like, I'm going to take you to see more scary movies. It was... Yo. <laughs> this is a thumbs up. Stephen King's yeah. It Part 2 is a thumbs up. You think up. they're going to do a, a prequel? They were talking why? about that. Mm, that, 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 that might I mean, these much. make so much money. Like, the first movie made gangbusters. My, this one's going to make a lot of thing, money, I bet. My thing is, is, like, I'm really waiting on somebody to cash in on the fact that all of his books are connected. Well, um, Dr. Sleep, that that's coming yeah. out soon. They're um, doing that. I just want to see Langoliers. 
Again, they already made that as like a bad. I mean, TV. They no, made no, no, it no, as a TV like movie. do that again wow. as they did it as a TV yes. miniseries. But I want to see the 2019, the 2020 version of Langoliers. Yeah, I'm sure that they're still starring Bronson Pinchot for some reason. I'm sure they're talking about doing I mean, all this maybe. stuff. Because that's be. the thing, like, because part of the because another thing that like they allude to in his expanded universe is that Derry kind of disappears mm-hmm. after it dies. Mm-hmm. Um. And what you call it? I though I really enjoyed that running joke about the bad endings, which was funny. That I couldn't tell good. if it it's was like, a joke about his books or his movies based on his it, books. It it has to be though that being that being self aware. Yeah, that was very self aware. That was a funny yeah. joke though. But yeah, I give thumbs up as well. So, yeah. All right, and um, even though you watched it like this. I watched, I saw most of it, and yo, Bill Skarsgård is legitimately scary as Pennywise. Yes, he is. Without any actual, like, CGI, even though there was some CGI, Mm -hmm. even without it, he was, even when he was, when he, even the one time they showed him without the makeup. Yeah, because he's nine feet tall and has that cock eye. Yeah, he's got that look. I mean, the voice and everything. He knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a good Pennywise, why make the movie? Yep, yeah, so really. that's pretty important. Well, tune in next week when we talk about Bill Skarsgård starring in the Kindergarten Cop remake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Stephen King. You know King's that's a rock vehicle, if that's what it was. The Rock and Kevin Hart again. No, no, no. I would it'd want be, to no, it'd be, it'd be The Rock and Jason Statham. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would see that. I, I actually would. Day one. <laughs> sign <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Kindergarten Cops. All right, but the movie of Stephen King's It Part 2, follow up to Stephen King's It Part 1, and apparently earned our seal of approval here. Yeah, this was, this was a good time. How do I all? Yeah, I'm actually surprised. This was a uh, an all-thumbs-up show. Yeah, take take a person that is scared of scary movies with you, and you can laugh at them while the movie's laughing at the Look, movie. I'm sorry. It was, just, <laughs> it, was, it was just fun. This has been The Geek Down. I want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed, fun-filled episode. I want to thank Rocco. Oh, thank you, man. I want to thank Shayna. And I want to thank you. Reminding all, you can catch us every week right here. Also, dude, find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on whatever your uh, podcast app of choice is. Look up The Geek Down and subscribe, like all that good stuff. Also, dude, stalk us on social media. We're on Instagram, uh, freaking Twitter, uh, Facebook, all the goodness, man. Um, Dude, find us on Twitch, check the videos, and find us at geek-down.com for all that good stuff on a regular basis. You can't get rid of us. But until next time, be excellent to each other. Peace. That was my elbow. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I figured. Oh, no. Okay. It seemed like that hurt.